Hey there, it's Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, and we've got the latest information on what's happening in the cannabis industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. Two weeks ago, President Joe Biden announced his plan to pardon all prior federal offenses of simple cannabis possession and direct the review of the status of cannabis as a Schedule I drug. On Tuesday of this week, October 18th, the president spoke about the 2022 midterm election, and he reaffirmed his plans for cannabis pardons. He said, I'm keeping my promise that no one should be in jail merely for using or possessing marijuana. You should not be in jail. The president's pardoning power, though, only extends to pardons for federal crimes. The estimate is that about 6,500 people will benefit from his pardon at that federal level. The president had suggested that state governors should also follow suit, and one estimate figured at about 40,000 people who could be pardoned at the state level, if those governors followed the president's suggestion. Unfortunately, though, partisan politics and fears and misinformation have already prompted some governors to publicly state that they have no intention of issuing such pardons. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said that he would not do such a thing. His spokesperson, Renee Ease, gave a smart aleck comment on it, saying in part, Texas is not in the habit of taking criminal justice advice from someone who's overseen a criminal justice system run amok with cashless bail and a revolving door for violent criminals. It seems hardly a fair statement when we're talking about just the simple pardoning for cannabis possession, and yet this spokesperson's comparing it to violent criminals. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb also public said that he would not issue pardons. He said, The president should work with Congress, not around them, to discuss changes to the law federally, especially if he's requesting governors to overturn the work that local prosecutors have done by simply enforcing the law. Until these federal law changes occur, I can't in good conscience consider issuing blanket pardons for all such offenders. Indiana happens to be one of the very few states that has absolutely no cannabis legislation available, no medical marijuana legalization, and certainly not recreational. With public support for cannabis legalization growing to include the vast majority of voters, opponents and prohibitionists have mostly left behind efforts to try to change the public's mind, and instead have resorted to relying on exploiting loopholes and using tricks to get their way. In the last election, cannabis opponents in a few states were able to use litigation to reverse what the majority of residents clearly voted in favor of. In Mississippi, prohibitionists nullified the choice of 73% of voters. In South Dakota, Governor Christie Nome was able to get the courts to overturn the will of 54% of the voters. In Nebraska, the opposition was able to get the state Supreme Court to strike down a proposed medical cannabis measure despite 77% of Nebraskans backing it and the Secretary of State's office certified it as well. And cannabis opponents are still continuing that trend. Florida's Republican Attorney General successfully blocked a proposed 2022 legalization initiative from appearing on the ballot, despite wide voter support from the state. In Arkansas, polls earlier this year showed that the vast majority of voters there support legalization. But despite this, opponents have asked judges to, quote, protect the interest and rights of the minority of Arkansans who oppose the legalization of recreational marijuana. A legalization measure will appear on the ballot this fall, but because of litigation from the anti-cannabis groups, the state Supreme Court there will be the ones to ultimately decide if those votes are counted or not. In Missouri, representatives of a leading prohibitionist organization have joined legal efforts to try and disqualify a citizen initiative that legalizes marijuana. Opponents contend that the election officials might have miscounted, 
which they base solely on initial media speculation. A statewide survey from earlier this month, though, does show that 62% of registered voters back legalization. And lastly, in Oklahoma, some election officials created so many delays that it prevented a voter-backed initiative on legalization from making it possible to get on that ballot in time for printing. Ultimately, their contrived legal filings and objections resulted in the cannabis legalization missing that print deadline and therefore delayed a vote until the next available election. What we're supposed to have in a democracy is the will of the people being represented by their elected leaders. The majority should rule. But these state issues show that the opposition would rather take voters out of the equation altogether and use legal tricks and loopholes to get their way, despite it not being what the majority of voters want. Former Baptist preacher and Arkansas governor Mike Huckabee has released a video of himself urging people in his state to vote against cannabis legalization and calling those who do gullible. The video is titled, Issue 4 Marijuana, At What Cost? It combines video clips with misleading information, followed by Huckabee himself speaking directly into the camera and, again, more inaccuracies on marijuana. One version of the video he posted begins with approximately 20 seconds or so of multiple images of tragic and destitute-looking homeless people, their camps, graffiti, trash, and the words, enough is enough, scroll across the images. There's also dramatic music playing. The video adds text stating that marijuana will be up for vote in November, and they write, Arkansas doesn't need another drug problem, which directly is insinuating that the images they're displaying of the homeless people and the garbage on the streets is related to marijuana. Huckabee's video continues with more images of crowded homeless camps and text saying a 2017 study of over 30,000 American adults showed that many users were more than twice as likely to move on to prescription opioids. His video then goes on to make more claims of increased child suicide and increased traffic fatalities. The only source of information that they provide on any of this is the name of the state under some of the comments, as if that explains it. Next in the video, he looks directly into the camera and speaks multiple inaccuracies. He starts off with claims that drug cartels would be the ones profiting from legalization. He says, There's a lot of money to be made if the voters of Arkansas pass the Recreational Marijuana Act. Unfortunately, you aren't the ones who are going to be making the money. Drug cartels will. He also makes the baseless claim that legalizing marijuana will result in more stoned employees. He said, Every state that has passed recreational marijuana... They've seen an uptick in workplace issues where people show up for work stoned. Mike Huckabee is also the father of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's currently running for the governor of Arkansas, and she is also very opposed to cannabis legalization. When she was recently asked by reporters if she would support cannabis legalization, she put it in the same place as opioids like her father had. She answered the reporters by saying, I don't think that with a drug epidemic that we have across this state, frankly across the country, that adding and giving more access to that does anything to benefit Arkansas. So I certainly wouldn't be supportive of that. Clearly, opioids and cannabis are two entirely different things. And that's why helping to educate our friends, our families, and our neighbors is the best way of countering misinformation such as this. Financial analysts spend a lot of time doing extensive research on industries and companies that affect their customers' investments. An analyst at one of the largest financial services firm, Pablo Zwinak of Cantor Fitzgerald, has weighed in on his opinion of the cannabis industry's future. Zwinak believes that because the cannabis industry still cannot access banking services, that that will leave many companies in dire financial straits, 
which will then render them vulnerable to being acquired by larger and stronger cannabis companies, like multi-state operators. Zwinek did not give his opinion on the possibility of the cannabis industry being able to access banking services, and at this time, banking reform is still a big question mark. But there are some legislators, such as Senator Cory Booker, who do think that the Safe Banking Act still has a chance to be passed this year, after the November elections. Time will tell. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.